Welcome to Momentum Church. Our cry is to say unto the Lord to show us your glory, amen? What does that mean, the glory of the Lord? What does that mean, just the idea of his glory showing up in a house? Is that a term that's kind of new to anybody in here today? When we speak of the glory of God, we're speaking of the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. To manifest something means to make something visible. And today my prayer is as we, we, we go into this time of teaching and into this time of worship again in a little bit, that we would be able to sense and see and experience the visible presence, the tangible power of Almighty God. Amen? I'm going to have you have your seats real quick. And I know it's a little different order of service today, but I want to get right into the Word. And what I want to look at this morning, anytime you see in Scripture people who are purposeful in their preparation, what it takes to be prepared in their heart, what it takes to be prepared in their life, when you see God put a mandate on them and they are purposeful in that preparation, what you often will see is the manifestation of the presence of God come. Amen? It, it, it always, we see how God, in a sense, he honors preparation with the manifestation of his presence. You, you prepare a heart to receive Jesus as your Savior. And you come before him and ask forgiveness and recognize his lordship. And the next thing you know, guess what happens? The manifestation of the Holy Spirit takes place on the inside of you. He comes and he dwells within you. And you become the temple of the Holy Spirit in that moment. You may be here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. I say yet because why are you waiting? Amen. By the end of today, I pray that you allow your heart to be prepared for him in such a way he'll show up and he'll fill it. Yes, he will. So often I see in Scripture as people prepare themselves before the Lord, the next thing you know, he fills where they have prepared with the manifestation of his presence. I want, I want you to look in the passage of Scripture with me, 2 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 19. Solomon had just built the temple and preparing to move into the temple and begin to do services and various things. And it says, so Solomon made all, say all, the vessels that were in the house of God. The golden altar, the tables for the bread of presence, the lampstands and their lamps of pure gold to burn before the inner sanctuary as prescribed. Can you tap yourself here on the chest and just say this, say inner sanctuary. Say it one more time. Let's do it a third time, one more time. Yeah, we're not talking about a temple just in the Old Testament. We understand in the New Testament that Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, dwells within us and we become temples of a living God. Amen? I'm looking at a whole room full of beautiful churches before the Lord. That's what you are. You're temples of the Holy Spirit. And we can see here in that inner sanctuary, he is preparing this place. The flowers, the lamps, the tongs of purest gold, the snuffers. Basins, dishes, dishes for incense, and fire pans of pure gold, and the sockets of the temple for the inner doors to the most holy place, and for the doors of the nave of the temple were of God. I love that this temple has doors into the most holy place. Can I tell you right now, there are still doors available to us into the most holy place. 
There, there is still an access point. There's still a way for us into the presence of the Lord. And I know that way is through salvation, but I believe before we finish today, you're also going to see that we prepare the temple. We prepare the place for a meeting place with God. We prepare the inner sanctuary. Man, there's doors into the most holy of holies. I'm praying that today this place becomes the most holy of holies. This place becomes a place of his presence. This place becomes a place of his glory. This place comes a place where we invite him to come and be himself amongst us. Verse 1 of chapter 5, Thus all the work that Solomon did for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things that David, his father, had dedicated. And he stored the silver and the gold and the vessels and the treasuries of the house. You can see that he's preparing the house. He's getting this house ready for the presence of the Lord. And then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the fathers of the house of the people of Israel in Jerusalem, to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion, and all the men of Israel assembled before the king at the feast that is in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark. And they brought up the ark. That was the place where the presence of God chose to abide at that time. That would be stored there in the most holy place. They had the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels were in the tent. The Levitical priests brought them up, and King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen they could not count the numbers. Then the priest, say then the priest. So there was preparation, and then the people of God, the priest here, began to take the next steps, and they brought the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place. In the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the ark so that the cherubim made a covering over the ark and its poles. These two cherubims facing each other over top of the, the, the mercy seat, the place where the blood would be applied for the mercy of the people. We know that it's Jesus whose blood has been applied to our, our heart. But I want you to get a picture of that. And the poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from the outside. And I like that because in my mind, I picture this idea that when the presence of God comes, it affects what's inside that's visible or invisible and what's outside what's visible. You see these poles of the Ark of the Covenant are outside and inside. The presence of God is affecting both the inside of your life and the outside of your life. There was nothing in the Ark except the two tablets. That Moses put there that's the law and the Bible says the law is written upon our hearts now and Moses put there at Horeb where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they came out of Egypt and when the priests came out of the holy place for all the priests who were present had consecrated themselves without regard to their divisions I love that there's a consecration for this moment a setting aside to say okay Lord we're coming to do a holy thing here and the things that would divide us, man, they're staying on the outside. We're not divided. We're coming in unity. We'll talk about that more next week. And all the Levitical singers, Asaph, any Asaphs in here? Not today? Okay. How about Heman and Jehudathan and their sons and kismen arrayed in fine linen with the cymbals and the harps and the lyres? And they stood east of the altar with 120 priests who were trumpeters. We got the band back here. I love that. 
And it was the duty of the trumpeters and the singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. We were doing that this morning. And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to God, they sang this, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And then watch what happens. Remember what I said, when there's preparation, have they done preparation here? They have done physical preparation. They have done some spiritual preparation as they come together in unity. They have done some relational preparation as they've dealt with divisions. They're not coming with any divisions. They're just coming all as priests before the Lord. And in that preparation, God will come and bring a manifestation of his glory. It says, for he is good, for he is steadfast, and love endures forever. When this happened, the house, the house of the Lord, tap yourself on your chest. The house, the house of the Lord was filled. Ooh. The houses of the Lord in this house this morning, in the name of Jesus, I believe and pray today, we're preparing our hearts to be filled. I don't know about you, I get empty at times. I get dry at times. There's times sometimes when the, the law seems far from me. I need to be reminded of his word. I need to be reminded of his presence. I need to be reminded that he's good and his steadfast love endures. And here we can see that the house was filled with the cloud. That's the glory of the Lord. That's the Shekinah glory, the manifest presence of God. So that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. Such a heavy anointing, such a special touch from God that it was hard to even stand before the presence of the Lord. Have you ever had that experience before where you just, you just had to get low, you just had to get kneel down? priest couldn't even stand and minister before the Lord for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God let me say it again for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God that place of preparation hosted if you will the presence of an almighty God that place of preparation came with a promise if you will and that promise was the manifestation of his presence Let's just pray before we get into the rest of this teaching today. Father, in your name, I just ask, Lord, that you would just today speak into our hearts. Guide us, direct us as we prepare our hearts to receive mightily from you. In this day and in this season, in Jesus' name, amen. Give God some praise, amen. Amen. Lost my water. There we go. We can see in this passage of scripture that God honored the preparation with his presence and God's glory began to fall. And what we see here is that Solomon was faithful in not only building the temple, but he was faithful in making the preparations to host, everybody say host, to host the presence of the Lord. And over the next five weeks, over the next few weeks, I'm going to be looking at the subject of hosting for the holidays. All right. How many is happy we're in the holidays? It feels like it today. It's cold out there. It definitely feels like we're going into that time. And, and with the holidays, I don't know about y'all, but in my house, holiday decorations have begun. Anybody else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The holiday decorations have begun. For many of you guys, that's Thanksgiving decorations, right? For some of you guys, you know, that is already Christmas decorations, and we call those people crazy. No, how many have some Christmas decorations up? We do too. We have a few. We have a few, you know. Arden's even into the game of it. 
Amy was gone for a little retreat by herself the last day and a half, and I took Arden and Mac hiking, and, and Arden began to collect pine boughs and pine cones and acorns and all sorts of things, and she wanted us to go and buy some, some pipe fitter thingy, pipe cleaners, and, and so she made mom a little Christmas decoration, and, and it was beautiful, you know, and so when mother came home last night, there was that, that this thing in all its glory. But you know, Amy felt warm by it, didn't she? It endeared Amy to art in that moment. Why? Because there was preparation. There was thoughtfulness there. And, and so all of us at this time of year, we are preparing in this season to host others in our home. We're preparing our houses to bring in our friends and to bring in our family. Here in a couple weeks, my staff and board will all be at our house, and we love that time with them. And we want the house to be ready for them. And, and it's a season, if you're like our family, a season of baking nights. They've already had some of those baking nights. Last night, Amy was making this amazing thing. I can't say it because it's a surprise for the staff and board, but she was making this. I don't even know why I just started it. It's awesome. I'll tell you about it in a few weeks. But she was making all this stuff, and I didn't have a clue what she was doing. And it was so neat that when she made this thing happen, I giggled. I did. She, she got a kick. I didn't expect to giggle. This, this thing that she did, I went, oh, <laughs> And she looked at me, and I'm like, I giggled. She goes, you did. <laughs> but that's how neat it was. And I know that our staff and board, they're going to maybe not giggle, but... They're going to know that there was preparation and thoughtfulness, and it was just so neat, you know. And I better not talk anymore. Amy's going to shoot me because I'm letting it out of the bag. But we prepare our homes for guests, and we live with the expectation of those guests showing up to experience together rich moments of family and friendship. How many have family that's going to come in? Yeah. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about family and hosting family and how not to kill people. That'll be good. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. Over the next month and a half as we look at this subject of hosting for the holidays. But what I really want to deal with today and next week, I want to deal with hosting the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's what I want to talk about. Hosting the presence of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're too passive in our Christianity. We get saved. We get redeemed. We, we thank God that heaven is coming. And then we just go about our lives. We don't realize, no, no, we can have this life with the person of the Holy Spirit that is active and vibrant, where the Holy Spirit shows up in our life and we sense his presence and he speaks in and through us and it's powerful and dynamic and it's not just I'm saved and I'm waiting for heaven. No, 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 I can speak those things in the earth that are in heaven and they can happen in the earth. I can bind those things and loose those things, not because of my authority, but because the Holy Spirit's in me, and, and I can have this interaction with the Holy Spirit that's dynamic and powerful, and in a sense, not wait for heaven, but see a little heaven show up right here. See a little bit of the glory of God show up in my house. See a little bit of the glory of God show up in this sanctuary. See a little bit of the glory of God show up in your car. I'm so thankful for Bluetooth things nowadays. People used to think us Pentecostals were crazy as we talked and prayed in the car, driving to work. But now they just, oh, they're talking to somebody. I was talking to somebody before. You just thought I was crazy. <laughs> but we begin to prepare to host the person of the Holy Spirit. And, and when you're hosting someone, you want to host well, don't you? You cannot host well if you don't prepare well. And so I want to look over the next couple of weeks at what it takes to prepare 
our lives in such a way, or we're prepared an environment in such a way, that the Holy Spirit feels welcome amongst us. We saw in 2 Chronicles 5.1, thus all the work that Solomon did for the house of the Lord was finished. Hosting well, it doesn't happen by accident. For Solomon to be able to have all those things to come to a complete place of completion, there had to be purposefulness. There had to be thoughtful actions. Those things didn't just manifest on their own. There was thoughtfulness and mindfulness as they prepared for the guests. There was a warm, if you will, an inviting atmosphere that took place. If you come into our home right now, it's just a little extra warm. It's a little extra inviting as Amy is preparing it for Thanksgiving, as Amy's getting things ready for the holidays. The kitchen, when Amy walked into it yesterday and saw the acorn, pine cone, pine ball, pipe cleaner thing, it was warm and it was inviting. She knew her daughter had been thinking of her. She knew Arden had been mindful of her, thoughtful of her, purposeful of her, wanting her to know that she was happy she was coming into that place. Yeah. And I want us to do the same. And if we're going to do the same, there's a couple things that we need to do. If we're going to get things ready for a guest, the first thing we have to do is we got to get rid of the clutter. How many have some clutter in their life? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, when I was a kid, we would have people over. And, and how many years ha, has a junk drawer? Now, I'm going to ask you to be really transparent. How many has a junk room? Yeah, that's how we, yeah. When, when I was growing up, it was like there was places in the house that people weren't invited to. And it wasn't because that they, it was on them that they, they were good people. It was they weren't invited because those rooms weren't prepared. Those rooms were off limits. Those rooms looked too much like everyday life, if you will. Too much clutter and too much junk and too much stuff, you know? Yeah. How many has some certain rooms physically in your home that are just off limits? Yeah. Can I just say it this way? Sometimes spiritually, we don't see a manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit at a deeper level because there's some rooms that are frankly just off limits. There's things in our life that we just refuse to allow him to deal with and to work with and to be invited into. And I want to challenge us today to get rid of the clutter. In Ephesians 4, 30 through 31, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I think there's two things you can see here. The sealing until the day of redemption. That means when you're grieving the Holy Spirit, it doesn't say that you're not saved. Amen? Can you see that in that? You're sealed to that day of redemption. So I'm not talking about a salvation here, but we also can be saved and still grieve the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? I believe we do that by not preparing our hearts, our lives, our, our, our place for his presence to come, by not preparing it, not having a desire to declutter, not having a desire to deal with the stuff that grieves the heart of God. And so when it comes to this, here's a few of the things it says. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. So you're telling me that a believer, someone sealed into the day of redemption can have anger and bitterness and malice? And Yes. Every one of us in this room at times experiences those things. But like a junk room, we set it over here and I have a right for these things. I have a reason for these things. And we keep those things from the presence of the Holy Spirit. We keep those things from allowing God to deal with those things. 
And so what happens is we grieve the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to define grieving the Holy Spirit for us today, all right? So here's my definition of grieving the Holy Spirit. Our actions that hinder the Holy Spirit from creating Christ-likeness within us. I believe that's what grieving the Holy Spirit is. God is trying to help us declutter, deal with the malice, deal with the bitterness, deal with the frustration, deal with all the anger, deal with all the stuff in our lives, and not position it to where I'll deal with this later. But saying, no, no, I'm going to prepare now and begin to deal with these things now. I'm going to work now and take care of the junk in my trunk. Now. I'm going to deal with this stuff. And so with that, if we're not dealing with it, I believe that's grieving the Holy Spirit. And although the Holy Spirit can do anything, he cannot do anything if we're not submitted to him. Isn't that wild? I've always, I told somebody one time, I said, what is the most powerful thing in the world? And they said, God. And I'm like, nope. Isn't that crazy? I mean, is God the most powerful thing? Yes. But God has chosen to govern himself in such a way, nobody else can govern him because he's God all by himself. But God has chosen to govern himself in such a way that he allows man's will to have power and authority over man's life. So if you choose to not deal with junk, if you choose to not deal with clutter, then we, we don't invite him into that place to have his work. You know, they prepared a holy place, and then they brought the ark into the holy place. In my mind, I'm, I want to be like that. Lord, I'm not holy, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to deal with the clutter. I'm going to have a choice in my life. Those things that I know are outside your plan. I'm going to deal with those things because I want your holy place. I want to prepare this holy place for your presence to show up. I'm not satisfied with the clutter in my life any longer. And I want to remove the things that are in the way. That's what a junk room is. It's just a room where you just, it's stuff you don't want to deal with. I'll put that Milwaukee saw away later. I'll put that away later. I'll put this, I'll deal with that later. That biscuit, I'll eat that biscuit later. <laughs> Some of y'all's junk rooms could be song, I'm telling you right now. It's the stuff that you don't want to deal with right now. It's the stuff that you just want to, to put aside and put away from you in this moment, you know? <laughs> and, and the problem with that is that, when we refuse to, 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 to have a heart to prepare those places, we rob ourselves from the deeper intimacy that we have with the person of the Holy Spirit. Just, just kind of walk this out with me, okay? Um, if you come to my house and we're really close and intimate, I'm okay with you coming into my junk room. Right? Intimacy allows access. But it's weird how it is sometimes because cleaning up the room is one way you can kind of bring forth the intimacy. I want to show somebody in my garage. I can't tell you how many times I've been to a friend's house. Oh, don't look in there. Don't look in that garage. But then you go to another friend's house. Oh, come look at my garage. Look at this. And they, they, they want you to see how everything's organized and and now you're in the, a sacred space because you know as men, that's sacred. That garage is holy. I think it can work that way with the Lord. I think as we say, Lord, I want to deal with this room. I want to deal with this stuff that I've kept off limits to you. It welcomes his presence. It brings and fosters intimacy. Not that he doesn't want to be intimacy. It's your junk that keeps him, you from him, not your junk that keeps him from you. Amen? 
But the stuff we don't want to deal with, it postures us in a way that we're not receptive to him as a guest in all of our lives, in every area of our lives. And so I want to ask you this morning, are there rooms that you refuse to prepare to host the presence of the Lord? Are there areas in your life that you just keep at a distance from God? Areas of clutter, areas that you know you need to give to him. And I want to challenge you today as we go back into worship, let the Lord begin to to clean house a little bit, to declutter a little bit, to prepare your heart for the holidays, amen? Because he is the honored guest, and I want to do whatever it takes for us to create an environment like there in Chronicles where he shows up in his temple and his glory manifests. Man, when his glory manifests, you never know what's going to happen. Lives changed. Healings. Signs and wonders, victory, deliverance. You never know what's going to happen when his glory shows up in a house. It's so worth it for us to say, Lord, welcome, come. Here's this junk room. I'm dealing with it. He's going to jump in and help you with that. Amen? The second thing when you're preparing your home, and this is still all along the lines of grieving the Holy Spirit. I'm still kind of staying in that that genre. Next week, we're going to look at, at quenching the Holy Spirit. We're looking at another step in creating an environment very welcoming to the person of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But the second thing is this. We need to get rid of the things that would offend your friends' sensitivities. So when you're going to have a guest come, you get rid of things in the room that you know will offend your friends' sensitivities. Most of the people in my life know I am allergic to cats. And most of the time when I get invited to a house... I'll just be honest. They know that ahead of time. Because I've told you all how much I hate cats. I don't hate cats. I think cats are sweet and cuddly. They're adorable. They're delicious. I hate cats because they make me sick. Like physically. Like sick. You know? But a lot of you guys know that. And so when I get invited to your house, I have friends that will have Benadryl ready for me. I have friends that will put their cats away. I have friends that have hard chairs and hard seats that they're like, sit here, you know? And they guard that seat for me because they know if I sit in the couch, as clean as they are, it doesn't matter. If the cat was ever near the couch, I'm going to be a mess. I used to have asthma. I used to literally, cats would make it to where I couldn't breathe. Now you understand why I don't like cats. Do you know how my asthma got dealt with? I was in a church service where we were going after the presence of the Holy Spirit. We were going after God. And I had asthma attack. Couldn't breathe. Felt like I was going to die. And the men of the church gathered around me, laid hands on me. And at 25 years old, I was healed of asthma. Within 10 minutes, I could breathe clearly. I've never had an asthma attack since. Amen? Amen. It's war. Yeah, come on. Give God praise. Now, I don't know why he didn't heal my eyes and my nose and all the other stuff that cats affect. I think maybe because God doesn't like cats too. I don't know. <laughs> but but it's, it was worth it, man. That, that night was a night of revival. That night was a night of seeking after the face of God and worship. We were going after the presence of the Holy Spirit like you can't imagine. And in going after the Lord and preparing our hearts for him, he started showing up. And I was just one of many miracles and signs and wonders that took place that night in that church service. So that idea of just getting rid of things that would be against the sensitivities of your friends, you know, that might be the idea of a cat 
You know, a friend comes over and candles irritate him. You're not putting candles out, right? If I have a Jewish friend over, I'm probably not going to have bacon-wrapped Smokies, as good as they are. You know, I'm being mindful of the sensitivities of my guest. And we ought to want the Holy Spirit to feel comfortable and at rest in our house. Amen? Here's what it says about having a friend like God. Here's what it says about guarding our hearts and being careful that we're creating a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to where we want to welcome him as a friend. It says in James 4.4, you adulterous people. I'm going to stop there. Do you know what adultery is, right? It's sharing two loves. If you can call the one real love, I don't know. Actually, I think when that's happening, you probably aren't sharing any kind of love, but it's sharing two interests. It's sharing two expressions of your, your whole being. And it says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. It's not inviting the presence of the Lord when we choose to be worldly, when we choose to say, I know what the Bible says, but I don't care. It's not preparing the vessel. It's not preparing who you are. It's not preparing the, this modern-day ark of the Holy Spirit. It's not preparing as well when we know there are things that are outside the sensitivities of the Lord. Well, God's not sensitive. Yes, he is. The Bible talks about him being a jealous God. You're jealous when somebody's committing adultery on you. Come on. We're the bride, he's the groom. Our groom gets jealous of us, if you will. We're insulting his sensitivities. When we say, I know there are these things that I need to deal with, but I don't care. So I want to challenge us to be careful not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to sit here and label all those things that are immoral that we struggle with. Every one of us. How many right now, you're struggling with something that someone would call maybe immoral? Raise your hand. I'm raising my hand. Everybody else with their hands down, you are right now struggling with immorality, you liar, because you're lying, because not every one of us is there, and so those things that wouldn't be welcoming to my friend Jesus, those things that wouldn't be welcoming to this relationship I have with the Lord, I thank God that he's still knocking at my house, I thank God that he's still wanting to come and fellowship with me, I'm not saying he's not because of those things, what I am saying is those who prepare their hearts to receive the manifestation of the glory of God, God will honor that preparation with his presence. Some of us just don't want his presence enough, we're happy with lesser things. That adulterous relationship is satisfied with a lesser thing. Ain't nobody going to be committed to you as your wife. Nobody going to be committed to you as your husband. And then a growing relationship. But, but, but that person is getting easily satisfied with lesser things, carnal things, quick things. After Solomon had done all to prepare the temple, the Holy Spirit showed up in a powerful way. And they couldn't even stand to minister. The glory of God was so rich upon them. In Scripture, we see a story that marked Christ with the presence of the Holy Spirit. We can see Christ come up out of the waters, and the Holy Spirit rested upon him. We just sang a worship song a little bit ago. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. I want to tell you how he'll rest on you. He won't just come rest on you if you don't have a heart prepared for him. I'm not saying a heart perfect before him, but I'm saying a heart prepared for him. And Jesus came, he was holy, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove, the Bible said, and it said that it rested upon him. 
When guests come to your house and they're uptight and they feel tense, it's because they don't feel a rest in your home. They don't feel a place of comfort in your home. The Holy Spirit's looking for that place within us that is prepared for him to rest upon us. Come, Holy Spirit, as a guest in my home, I want to be prepared for the holidays. I want to host you during this season. I want to do whatever it takes to not grieve you and to have your presence manifest upon me. The Holy Spirit was at home with Jesus. My, my wife, I'm going to close with this. My wife, she loves to feed birds. She does. And it's funny because when she started that a few years ago, you know, I really, in my mind, I thought, oh, my gosh, we are old now. That's what I thought. I did. I thought, we have arrived. And, but it's become a joy. We sit outside and feed the birds on the hill. And, and birds of all sorts will come. The little nasty cardinals, they're so cute, but they're mean. They'll show up. You know, the crows will show up. The, the pigeons will show up. You know what's funny about the pigeons when they show up? Molly, my 80-pound Labrador, can run out there, and the squirrels will dart, and all these other critters will dart. But those pigeons just... They're just, they're just there. But it's so beautiful. Sometimes in the morning, we'll hear, Amy's eyes get big. Doves. Doves. And Molly, we got to put her in the house. We got to get her back. We'll hear him. Max, stay up on the porch. Arden, stay up on the porch. You can hear the doves. You can't see them yet, but you can hear them. But you can't just have craziness going on and the doves show up. You can't. you got to prepare that place for the dove to show up. But next thing you know, all that stuff, let's stand to our feet. All that stuff is, is prepared, and those doves will land. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And to me, it's kind of a picture of the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, he is symbolized as a dove. And that dove, we've got to be prepared for that dove to show up, if you will. Prepare our hearts a place to host the presence of the Holy Spirit. And can I say it this way? The dove will not adjust to you. You must adjust to him. If Molly runs out there, that dove is gone. So while you're making your plans this year and your preparations... For the holidays, make sure to make room for the presence of God. Make sure we're not grieving Him, His Holy Spirit. Make sure that we are taking the clutter and we're bringing it to Him. We're looking out for His sensitivities in our life. Lord, I know this isn't pleasing to you, and I'm laying it aside because your presence is worth more than my momentary quick fix. Your glory is worth more, worth more. So I'm preparing a place where your precious presence can come and you are an invited, honored guest. That's what we're doing today. We're going to go back into worship. If you need to come to this altar, maybe there's something at this altar you've got to lay down before the Lord. Maybe there's some clutter you've got to lay down before the Lord. Maybe, maybe for you there's some sensitivities that you've just kind of grown cold toward. You want to get sensitive before the Holy Spirit again. Maybe, maybe you need prayer. We'll be up here to pray as well. But let's go back into worship. And as we go into this, the beginning of the holiday seasons, let's just begin to prepare our hearts for an encounter with the glory of the Lord.
For as I began saying at the beginning of this, God, he honors preparation with the manifestation of his presence. Amen? Amen. Let's worship. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.